Life begins with Jesus. Hope begins with Jesus. Peace begins with Jesus. Pretty much everything. I love that old hymn that George Bevshay used to sing. You know who George Bevshay was? He was the song leader for Billy Graham for all those years. And he sang that song, I'd rather have Jesus than anything else. Why could he sing that with such power and conviction in his voice? Because he knew. He knew that Jesus was everything. Today, we have a unique presentation that we're going to give to you. You know, there's a lot of things that a pastor could say on an Easter Sunday. We could give you some clever illustrations, some witty humor, some heart-wrenching stories, and all that's good in its place. But you know what? You didn't come to hear me today. You came to hear God. And so today, we have a unique presentation where basically all you're going to hear today is Scripture. Last Easter Sunday, I preached the first uh, Scripture sermon that I've ever preached, where basically it's just Scripture tying the entire story of the Gospel, the entire story of the Bible together. And got several f feedback from folks throughout, and they said, Pastor, would you do that again? Would you do a part two? And so today we're doing another Scripture sermon. So if you'll take out your worship guide for just a moment, that's there to help you as we go through our sermon today, our message, and I've written an introduction over there on the left that starts with the greatest story. I'm just going to read that, share a couple of thoughts, then have a word of prayer, and then go right into the, um, into the message. So, thank you for being here. Looking forward to sharing. So, throughout the scripture sermon, there will be some breaks and some pauses. There's four acts to it. I'll, tell, I'll share those here in a moment. And then in between those acts, there will be some special music that's been selected just for these different parts of the sermon to tie the thoughts together and to preach the sermon. I told our singers today who are singing in these special slots along with our FBC Resurrection Choir at the end, um, I told them that they're a part of my sermon today. And so I'm excited to preach this sermon with all of you guys today. Looking forward to it. The greatest story ever told was not made by Hollywood or written by your favorite author. The greatest story ever told is the true story of the entire world. It's the story that we find in the pages of the Bible. This grand story does not center on us, but on God. He is the grand storyteller displaying the glory of his name in the world throughout human history. It is God who pens history in order to tell the greatest story of love and redemption that will ever be told. As one writer put it about the story of the Bible, he said this. It might sound familiar to some Lord of the Rings fans. One story to rule them all. One story to find them. One story to bring them all and in God's love bind them. You see, the Bible is not just a random collection of ancient antidotes, merry memes, or witty wisdom. It's also not a book of rules, primarily, on how you can keep an angry God happy or how to stay in his good graces. If that's what you think the Bible is all about, my friend, please listen today to what the Bible is all about. No, the Bible is about the, primarily is about the revelation of who God is what God has done to make things right between himself and his creation, you and me. And so without God stepping into human history through his son, Jesus Christ, we would have no hope. 
We would have no hope for this life, and certainly there would be no hope for anything after this life. But the culmination and confirmation of our living and eternal hope itself was revealed on a Sunday morning in a tomb just outside Jerusalem about 2,000 years ago. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. Did you notice the source of our hope today? Look at those final few words. It's a living hope, not a dead hope, not a maybe-so hope, a no-so hope, because the greatest event in human history has happened. And that is the very Son of God gave his life. We just sang about it. Powerful song, The Mercy Tree. We've heard about it all morning, about Christ's death for us. And we're thankful for Christ's death for us. He died the death we deserved. But we're also thankful for the resurrection because that's the exclamation point. How many of you like exclamation points? I do. And that's the exclamation point on the promise because that ties it all together without this day in human history. None of it would matter. And so today we present to you the entire story of the Bible in about 30 minutes, or give or take. And really the entire Bible can be centered around four key acts, creation, the fall, the rescue, and the resurrection. And so that will be my message today centered around those four acts, creation, fall, the rescue, and the resurrection. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I ask you now to shine through your word. Thank you so much for your word that it is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It has the ability to pierce our hearts and convince us of truth. It has the ability to transform us from the inside out. Father, I pray that if there is anyone here in our service today that has never trusted in you as their Savior, that they would see how free the offer of the gospel is. There are no strings attached. You are not a God that baits and switches people. You are a God who offers freedom, forgiveness, new life in the finished work of your Son. And so, Father, I pray that we would see you today as our Creator, our Savior, our Sustainer, our Satisfier, our Comforter, our Conqueror over our greatest fears and enemies, and that we would see you as our living and eternal hope. Thank you, God. May you bless the reading of your word, the preaching of your word today. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The creation. Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You are the Lord, you alone. You made the heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them 
and the host of heaven worships you. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. In the beginning was the word that's speaking of Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. For by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. For you are worthy, O Lord Jesus, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the stars, the moon, which you have set in place, what is man, so small, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? For you said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, he created For you, God, formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. O oh Lord, truly, you have made man. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand of the sea. You have made man a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all.
my God, when I am awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy path throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God his Son not sparing sent him to die, I scarce can take it in that on that cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Think about when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God, how great thou art. Sing with me on the chorus. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. The fall. Out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. 
The tree of life was in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Where are you? By Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the the truth is not in us. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. They are all gone out of the way. We're all lost. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before our eyes. We are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. Our sins, like the wind, take us away. We do not know what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life, friend? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. It's appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. The Lord has laid on Jesus the sin of us all. So when the fullness of the time was come, 
God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. For if many died through one man's sin, 
Much more have the grace of God and the free gift by grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. For if because of one man's sin, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. For he, God, has made Jesus, him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For God commended his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the word, Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has the light shone. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And Pilate answered and said unto them, what will you then that I should do unto him, speaking of Jesus, who you call king of the Jews? And they cried out again, crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, why, what evil has he done? And they cried the louder, crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and said, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the people stood beholding. The people stood beholding. And the rulers also with them ridiculed him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, friends, we can be healed. 
after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, said, It is finished. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send, for God did not send, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus Christ might be saved. So I ask you, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or nakedness or peril or sword? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. When the sun sets free, oh, it's free indeed. Now my debt is paid. It is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus built. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Oh, the sun sets free. Oh, it's free. day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they went in they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus while they were perplexed about this behold two men stood by them in shining apparel and as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground, and the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen just as he said. Go quickly, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead. 
and become the first fruits of them that slept. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The strength of sin, the sting of sin is death, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has raised us together with Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without cost. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, crying out with their voices, said, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh, Lord. 
that is joined to all the living, there is hope. Today you have heard God's word. You have heard God's word and you've heard the great story of the Bible. Creation, fall, rescue, resurrection. You've heard about the great hope found in the finished work of Jesus and his victorious resurrection. Because Jesus lives forever, you can also live forever with him. He wants this so much that he was willing to leave his father's side and to have his hands, his feet, his side pierced, crucified to a cross for us. God desires for you to have this living hope as a part of your life. God desires to have a relationship with you as a part of his family. And so our question today to you, friend, is, is Jesus your living and eternal hope? Do you know him as your savior? Has there ever been a time in your life when you saw the brokenness of your fall? We read about it. There's none righteous, no, not one. It's not about being good. If it was about being good, nobody would get there. There's only one person who was good. His name is Jesus. And you even heard it in Pilate's question to the people. He said, why? Why would you crucify him? What evil has he done? Even Pilate recognized Jesus was a righteous man. He's the only one who's ever been good. So he could be good for us because we know we've all sinned and come short. So my friend, my question to you is, if you were to die today, would Jesus be your living and eternal hope? You might say, Brian, what, what, what must I do? to have that hope. Well, there's a guy in the Bible who asked the same question, Acts 16, 31. It says, go ahead, guys. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. So has there ever been a time in your life when you believed? Not just a head knowledge, okay, I know that there was this person named Jesus who lived, who existed, but have you ever trusted in him? You know, you came into this room this morning and sat down in a chair. That's what faith is. You probably didn't even think about it because you've done it so much, but you had a belief that that chair would hold you up. And what we're saying by faith today is we're saying you're placing all of your eggs in that basket. You're going all in. You're saying, God, you're my only hope. You're the living hope. You're my eternal hope. You're the only way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through Jesus. You're the one who was able to live the life that I could not live. You're the one who died the death that I should have died. And you are the one who rose from the grave to give me what I've always hoped to have. Life and life more abundantly. Life eternally with Jesus. And so here's the promise of God's word. John 1:12 says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 